glad that you could join me for Bridges today. I'm Monica Schmelter, and we're going to talk about standing strong in the face of danger. And as I say that, hopefully uh, none of us will ever be in a physically dangerous situation, but certainly we all have challenges. We all have things that would cause us to shrink back perhaps in fear or just out of concern. And as we look into John 18 today and we look at how Jesus lived his life as a man here on this earth, uh, he lived it full of faith and strong and always stepping up whenever, whenever danger presented itself, whenever it was a challenging time. We never find Jesus running away, but rather stepping up. So let's start in John chapter 18. And it says there, after saying these things, and of course, that's speaking of the prayer that he just prayed in John chapter 17. And if you weren't able to join us for that, if you go to monicaschmelter.com, you can watch that teaching out of John 17. And I titled that The Big Reveal. But it says, after saying these things, Jesus crossed the Kidron Valley with his disciples and entered a grove of olive trees. Judas, the betrayer, knew this place because Jesus had gone gone there often with his disciples. The leading priests and Pharisees had given Judas a contingent of Roman soldiers and temple guards to accompany him. Now, with blazing torches, lanterns, and weapons, they arrived at the olive grove. Verse 4 says Jesus fully realized what was going to happen to him. So, he stepped forward to meet them. Who are you looking for, he asked. Jesus the Nazarene, they replied. I am he, Jesus said. Judas, who betrayed him, was standing with them. As Jesus said, I am he, they all drew back and fell to the ground. Once more, he asked them, who are you looking for? And again, they replied, Jesus the Nazarene. I told you that I am he, Jesus said, and since I'm the one that you want, let these others go. Verse 9 says he did this to fulfill his own statement, I did not lose a single one that you had given me. Then Simon Peter drew a sword and slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest's slave. But Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword back in its sheath. Shall I not drink the cup of suffering the Father has given me? So those few passages of Scripture are loaded with truth. They are filled with power. They are filled with the strength of God in the face of danger and in the midst of betrayal. So Jesus knew, it says he knew what was going to happen. But even that foreknowledge couldn't possibly have made that easier or just like, well, this is not a thing. Like, I knew this was going to happen. Judas is a man that Jesus had been investing in for years. Judas is a man that they walked together in ministry. They saw miracles together. They prayed together. Like, this was a relationship. And so for the earthly life of Jesus to be coming to this kind of a close to enter into this particular time in John chapter 18, where Jesus goes to a familiar place with the disciples. And isn't it the truth that so often 
when we are betrayed, it's by someone that we know and it's in a place or in a setting that's familiar. And I think that that's just a part of the ugliness of sin and the ugliness of betrayal that shatters our hearts and our lives when things like that happen because it's familiar, right? Even David said in the Old Testament, I was betrayed by one that ate bread with me. It's something about that betrayal of somebody that we've been close to that just makes what would already hurt even more hurtful. Truth number one that I want to share today as we study John 18 is that Jesus stepped up in the face of danger. Now, I want to say this. His stepping up is in obedience to God. It's not something... I want to make that distinction that it's in obedience. It's not just something ridiculous that he decided to do. So when I say, you know, step up in the face of danger, I'm not talking about go out into traffic and step in front of a car and pray that God won't let that car hurt you. That's stupid. That's not obedience. Like, that's ridiculous. Now, people do stuff like that. Well, I just pray that God just won't let anything hurt me and they go do something stupid. Okay, not that. Jesus stepped up in the face of danger because he knew that he needed to be obedient. He says to Peter, shall I not drink from the cup of suffering that the Father has given me? Oh my goodness. I think of my heart and my life. Do I feel that way? Oh, shall I not drink of the cup of suffering? And no cup of suffering that I've had or that anyone has ever had has ever compared to what Jesus went through. But yet, I don't want the cup of suffering, right? I want the presence of God. I want my worship music on. I just want it to all be good. I do not want bad things to be happening. And do I step up to the challenge or to something that I'm afraid of, or do I shrink back? Well, I've done both. But the lesson here is stepping up in the face of danger when that's what obedience to God requires. Jesus never ran away from a trial or a battle that was a part of God's plan. And that's a huge lesson for us to learn. So many times we're just like, well, you know, if God really loves me, like, right? And if I'm really doing good, why are all these things happening to me? I mean, it just shouldn't have to be this hard. I've thought that at least 852 times. Well, probably more than that, but, right? But the lesson here is that Jesus stepped up Now, interestingly here, this is the place before Peter denies Jesus, right? And at this juncture, at this point in time, Peter is ready to fight, okay? Peter's not backing down from this fight. He gets out that sword. He cuts off that guy's ear. I mean, so so we read it like, we cut off the ear of Malchus. He cut off somebody's ear, like the gore, the blood, right? I just... Like there's Judas, there's all these people. Sometimes we just read these stories and it's like, oh, you know, and Jesus put the ear back on. Someone cut an ear off and Jesus put the ear back on. And he he says to Peter, shall I not drink from the cup of suffering? And you know that that had to probably get under Peter's skin, right? Right, because like if you're following a leader and you're trying to defend the leader, and then the leader says, uh-uh, this is not the way we're going to do this. You know we get mad about that stuff. And I've often wondered if, for Peter, if that wasn't the mark that he like just realized, you know, this is going to be a lot, a lot harder 
than what I thought. Like, I've been following him. I want to defend him. I'm ready to give my life. And he just stopped me. And I've often wondered if those thoughts weren't some of the thoughts ruminating in his head and in his heart when he later denies Christ. Because um, he was, at this point, he's all in, in the middle of all of this ruckus. So, you know, we read it, well, you know, Judas had a contingent of temple guards and soldiers. You guys, I mean, this is battle. There are weapons. Yeah, they're in a grove that they're familiar with, an olive grove, and Jesus is there with disciples. He's been there before, but these disciples are seeing all these guards and they're seeing Judas, who was one of them. And Jesus steps right up there and he says, I am he. And everybody on the opposing team, so to speak, falls over to the ground. Like the power of Jesus, his very words, they could not even stand in his presence. And that shows you how powerful that Christ is. He steps up in danger. All those weapons, all those swords, all those people were nothing compared to the power of Christ. Yet he stepped up to willingly give his life. So on any given day where you or where I question if God loves us, question if our lives have any value, think about do people really like us or don't they or whatever. Remember, the son of the living God stepped up in the face of danger to win our salvation, to defeat the power of sin over our lives. He stepped up. He stopped Peter from defending him because he knew, I have got to go through this. Like, I've got to drink from the cup of the suffering that the Father has for me. And so they take Jesus off and they arrest him. And then if you skip down uh, to verse 15, at this point, like after the arrest, after all of this has happened, it says Simon Peter followed Jesus. So Simon didn't scatter yet. He followed Jesus, as did another of the disciples. The other disciple was acquainted with the high priest, so he was allowed to enter into the high priest's courtyard with Jesus. Peter had to stay outside the gate. Then the disciple who knew the high priest spoke to the woman watching at the gate, and she let Peter in. The woman asked Peter, you're not one of that man's disciples, are you? No, he said, I am not. Because it was cold, the household servants and the guards made a charcoal fire. They stood around it, warming themselves. And Peter stood with them, warming himself. So at this juncture, Peter failed in the face of danger. He denied Christ, he failed, and he stood with the enemies of Christ, warming himself at the fire. It's a lot to comprehend. And then we go through some verses where it talks about Jesus being interrogated, Jesus getting slapped across the face, and Jesus saying, if I said anything wrong, you've got to prove it. Why are you beating me? Y'all, these are some verses of what he went through, and he's still being bold. He's still saying, why are, you know, 
why are you asking me this question? Why are you doing this? Because see, he was the perfect lamb of God. He had done no wrong. He just stepped up in the face of danger because he knew that's what obedience to God required. So truth number two for today is obedience is always required. There's no path on obedience because the situation doesn't seem fair or because our feelings are hurt or because we had a bad family life growing up or because, you know, our our husband left us or our spouse left us or we lost, lost our job because this is how we talk as people. Well, you know, I only did that because like I had a really hard day. I only, I only, you know, F-bombed in the car because someone cut me off. Like I only did that. I mean, certainly what I'm doing is reasonable because something bad happened to you. This is like one of the worst days on planet earth and it's happening to Jesus in real time. He steps up in the face of danger and he's still being bold. He's still standing up for what's right, but he surrendered his life. Peter denies him and Jesus is still laying down his life. So we have to understand that whether it's danger, whether life is hard, whether it's unfair, that Jesus spoke truth biblically and note this, showed respect to the authorities that were against him. He even endured being slapped in the face. So, so many lessons right there in the time of our culture right now where people that are Christians slander and badmouth political officials because we think we're right and they're wrong. And here's the thing, a lot of what's being said these days, it's wrong, right? It's just plain evil. But we don't get a pass on scripture. Obedience is required. We are to show respect. We don't have to obey anything that God says no to. We, we are not, not that. But we are to pray for the governing authorities because God tells us to. We are to show respect for the office, even if we don't have respect for the person or respect um, for what they stand for or for their words. So that's just a freebie for today. Standing strong in the face of danger. Verse 25. Meanwhile, as Peter is standing by the fire, warming himself, they asked him again, you're not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it. No, I am not. But one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter's had cut off, said, didn't I see you out there in the olive grove with Jesus? And again, Peter denied it. And immediately a rooster crowed. And this lesson about Peter, before we're too hard on him, he is at a juncture where his faith fails. And in one of our next Bridges teachings, we, we will talk about when faith fails, when, when what we believe and what we hold to be true, when whether it's pressing circumstances, danger, fear, it comes upon us and we get sifted and Peter gets sifted. But good news, Peter makes a great comeback because Jesus is kind and faithful and patient. And so for anybody that's watching, anybody that's listening today, if you are holding back, giving your life to Christ again, because your faith failed, because you had a moral failure, because you relapsed, because you, uh, you know, cheated on your job or on your taxes, because you got caught. I, you know, 
The Bible says sin is sin. All unrepentant sin is going to be dealt with. But while there's still breath and life, there's still hope to repent. Jesus says whoever comes to him, he will never cast out. So if that's where you find yourself, don't stay there. Call on the name of Jesus and he will, regardless of what you've done, regardless of where you've been, if your cry for forgiveness, if your plea to recommit your life is sincere, he's going to forgive you and he is going to restore you and he is going to make it just as if you have never sinned, all because he is so good. Not because we deserve any of it, all because he is so good and he wants us as, our ch- as his children and he wants a relationship with us. So this trial, Jesus has this trial before Pilate and then he's taken to the headquarters of the Roman governor and, you know, Pilate and the governor and they're like, what is your charge against this man? And they're like, well, we wouldn't have handed him over to you if he wasn't a criminal. And they're like, well, take him away. And so all of this is happening and Jesus continues standing strong in the face of danger. I mean, just about everything that could go wrong. An innocent man, a sinless man is being accused and charged as a criminal. The son of God, the son of the creator of the universe is going through this. And Jesus says in 30, verse 36, Jesus answers when they are saying, Your own people, your leading priests have brought you here for a trial. What have you done? Listen to Jesus' answer in verse 36. My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, so are you a king? Jesus responded, you say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth will recognize what I say. And then Pilate says, what is truth? And they began to have all this conversation. And then he tries and he says, well, we have a custom. We release uh, one criminal um, every, every year at Passover. You want me to release this king of the Jews? And the people are like, no, not this man. We want Barabbas. So... Think about the words of Jesus and standing strong in the face of danger, right? Because he says, if my kingdom was of this world, then Peter, in other words, cutting off that guy's ear and fighting, having that battle, like that would have been the right thing to do. But my kingdom is not of this world. It's of another realm. And you and I have to understand that all of this infighting that is going on in our culture and this political unrest in the right and the left and whatever all the other things are. I can't even keep up with all the things are. Yes, I pray. Yes, I vote. I do my part like that. But I have to let the rest go because this world is not his final kingdom. This is not, this is not what he, he died for us, not for the, not just for the world system and all of that. So we can't get so entrenched in civilian affairs, so to speak, that we forget we serve a risen Savior whose kingdom is not of this world. The whole point is not that we're going to be staying here on planet Earth doing this forever. Thank you, Jesus, right? 
But truth number three for today is you will be persecuted when you stand for the truth. Jesus was persecuted for standing for the truth. He was persecuted by the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees. He was persecuted by those who don't believe, by those who just mocked and insulted him. And this, this crucifixion, even though it's a part of God's plan, and even though Jesus has got to drink from this cup of suffering because it's coming his way through people, but the Father is allowing it because it's going to bring to fruition his plan so that you could be reconciled, so that I could be reconciled. This is persecution. We think persecution, you know, is somebody unfriending us on Facebook, right? Um, I had a conversation with somebody who just let me know that, like, I'm not going to get this invite to this wedding because, you know, I'm too judgmental, blah, 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 and I would make everybody there uncomfortable. And I'm thinking, really? Like, I've never said a word to you about your life choices. Like, you know, you know because you used to serve Christ. You know because you went to church. You know because you went on missions trip. You know the Bible. You know that I believe in Christ. You know that I tell you that I love you and that I pray for you. This is your own sin convicting you. I am not doing anything. But, you know, I'm not going to get the invite. So that that's a small, right? That That's small persecution. Like, that's hurtful. But my life is not in danger. But if they don't want me there, you know, I can... I can live with that, and I just pray, Jesus, may your kindness lead them to repentance, not to invite me to the wedding, not even if they don't want a relationship with me. It's just this. I don't, I don't want them to be separated from God forever. If you think life on earth is a long time, like however many years you've lived, however many years I've lived, forever separated from God in utter and total darkness. He loves us so much. He does not want that for us. But we must understand that we will be persecuted for standing for the truth. You look at the conversations and the narrative of today. Well, you can do anything that you want. Well, they say, love is love. You all, we don't get to redefine love. Love is what God says it is. And God says that love is patient and love is kind that love keeps no record of wrongs, that love does not boast, that love does not gloat over injustice, but love rejoices when the truth wins out. Love keeps no record of wrongs. God is love. Right? It says the greatest of these is love. Corinthians says, if I can just do all the finest things. If I give everything I have to the poor, if I do this, if I do that, it's nothing. It's a clanking symbol if I don't have love because love never fails because God is love. So love is what God says that love is. And if you think, well, that's not a kind, loving thing to say, that's not love, just go to the Bible, the book of truth, and read about what God says that love is. And the next time that somebody says, well, love is love, you can just do whatever you want and that's all okay. No, people can do whatever they want and we will all live with the consequences of whatever choices or commitments that we make. 
But I say again, as long as we're still living and breathing, there's hope to turn from our sins and to trust Christ as our Savior. And it is as simple as saying, Jesus, I recognize that I have sinned. And I ask you to forgive me. I ask you that blood that you shed on the cross, cleanse me and wash me with that. Take what's red as scarlet, make it white as snow, and give me that new start. That's what a relation, that, that's how a relationship with Jesus Christ starts. And we get that gift because Jesus was standing strong in the face of danger. He knew they were looking for him and he stepped right up and he said, who are you looking for? Jesus, the Nazarite. I am he, he said it. I am he, he said it more than once. He put himself right out there. He said, no man takes my life from me, but I lay it down. You all, that's a lot of love. And it is in the context of that love and that truth that we can, even though it's hard, we can endure persecution. We can stand strong in the face of danger. We can stand strong in the challenges of our life, be that persecution, be that loss, be that financial reversal, be that disease, be that diagnosis, whatever, any number of those things. And gosh, like really, don't they sometimes all come at once? It seems like, okay, yesterday everything was relatively calm and today, but because of Christ, because he's our high priest, because he's our elder brother, because he is our advocate, because he is our savior, because he is the alpha, the omega, the beginning, the end, we can stand strong in the face of danger and in the midst of challenges, we can endure hardship as a good soldier, standing strong in the face of danger. And today's truth, you can stand strong in every circumstance. So don't let life beat you down. Stand strong in Christ, in the truth, and in the power of his word, and believe that everything that he says is the truth, because it is. I'm out of time. I've got to go, but I say goodbye, and God bless you. God's word will change our life, but sometimes it's hard to know where to start. Well, that's where I come in. I'm Jody Nisnik, host of So Much More, Creating Space for God, a scripture meditation podcast. And each week, I guide you through a scripture, giving you space to listen to the Spirit and pray about what's on your heart. Then we have a thoughtful conversation with guests to help us go deeper. Listen and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.